We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back in. Quarter number four here of the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Dustin Hawkinsmith and Jim Glonty. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm back in the lab. All choked up, Dusty. <laughs> Must be you. I'm I'm allergic to Jim. We're here in the Labatt Blue studio where Paula is in the air. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue light. Bleed blue and white. Drink blue and light. We're not done talking Penn State basketball. Looking at the big picture now. Jeff Brown joined us a little bit ago to talk about where things stand with with this program. Eight wins in a row. They're 20 and five, 10 and four in the Big Ten. Really a lot of possibilities out there to kick around. And that's what we're here to do. We're not talking about the games themselves. Let's figure out where this team is going and if it has what it takes to make a big run, which a lot of people seem to believe is happening. Why not? Why not? They're in second place alone in the toughest conference in basketball. And you still hear some of the questions. In fact, our colleague Ross Tucker last week tweeted out, is this team for real? Yes. Yes, they are. You you know, over um, – 25 games you win 20 of them in the big 10 they're the only team with a winning record on the road even though michigan state has faltered over the last several weeks i believe a lot of people would still would consider them perhaps the class of the conference penn state beat them at michigan state they also have a win against maryland the top ranked team in the conference Uh, so First of all, let's just start with, yes, this team is legitimate. And I think a lot of the wins that they've had, especially recently, prove that again and again. And um, I I think you're seeing a team that now suddenly has home court advantage. When was the last time Penn State had any home court advantage? I know Richard Patino from Minnesota mentioned this. You know, that is a big change. Going into Penn State and playing is now something that they have to focus on. You know, opponents have to focus on that. Well, it, previously it kind of been the chicken and the egg thing. Everyone was saying, oh, Bryce Jordan Center, not a good place to play, not a great atmosphere. Why don't they take all the games to Rec Hall where they saw the atmosphere at the Palestra, the smaller venues? But if you are going to sell 14,000 tickets to the Bryce Jordan Center, guess what? The atmosphere, and give the student body um, some credit here. I believe they caught on with this team before the rest of us fans did in general. They got there. They were loud. They, they were a factor pretty early on before this team had, you know, quote unquote, proven itself. So give them credit for that. But yeah, this is a different conversation now. And yes, the home court advantage when you have 14,000 people there, it is an advantage. So let's just, uh, we, we left Jeff just talking about ingredients and what are the ingredients of a postseason run? What are the ingredients of, of, of you know, being a two, three, four seed and ma- reaching the Sweet 16? And you look at what Penn State's got. So a proven score in Lamar Stevens where you've seen so much has to work off of that. A guy that teams have to focus on, but that at the, at the same time isn't the only threat that there is. That's one difference now is that, that they have Stevens back. 
but he's surrounded now with guys who can make opposing defenses pay. You can't have it both ways. You can't take Lamar Stevens away and focus everything on that and still be able to kind of defend the whole court. That's the whole basic point of, of the offense. So they've got those shooters now. You have Miles Dredd making this resurgence now and, and you know the belief uh, in himself and the belief from the coaching staff in him to help him work through really such a prolonged shooting slump and for him to not be shaken by that. It's a big deal now, and it looks like a bigger and bigger deal as the postseason approaches. Uh, but Curtis Jones, Isaiah Brockington, you know, to have the depth of shooters that they have, which is is uncommon. A veteran point guard who understands his role when you're surrounded by a big-time scorer and a bunch of shooters. For Jamari Wheeler to understand what his role is and, and where he needs to be the glue of this operation. And at the same time as we saw against Northwestern, for him to step into um, and knock, in three, knock down three three-pointers. You know, you have a guy who should be pretty um, poised when, when the, the rush of the postseason comes and the pressure and all that. Uh, you have the, the two big men, big men, John Hara. Mike Watkins is kind of the ultimate wild card, but I kind of love the way that he looks coming off the bench. Well, I think you hit a lot of great points there, Dusty. The fact is this team is not how you traditionally build a team that can make a run, but they have their own formula how it works. Jabari Wheeler is not your traditional point guard, but what he does, he does really well. Having the center position split almost equally between two players, two very different players, that's unusual. But it's a formula that once um, uh, Pat Chambers made the change to the starting lineup, putting Hara in the starting lineup, he's been a factor ever since. Seth Lundy coming into the uh, starting lineup and Miles Dredd out of the starting lineup, all of a sudden, who? how many teams have a Miles Dredd and a Mike Watkins on your bench as weapons to bring in later on in the game? Not many teams. So I think even though it might be a little bit of an unusual formula that they have, it does feel like... Pat Chambers, he found the right formula, the right way to use the two centers, the right way to use Wheeler, and it's just icing in the cake that Wheeler now, and again, he's never going to be your leading scorer in a game, He, but you can no longer just leave him alone, and what I like in the three-pointers that he made, Dusty, he was had his feet under him, he didn't force him, and the other thing is once he made a couple of them, he didn't get three-point happy. Yeah. He, he was three for four. He didn't press it. He didn't put up bad shots because, oh, I'm hot today. Let me keep throwing it up, which a lot of teams do. And in the end, you know, our goal for this segment was to take a look at the big picture. And all of that put together, I think, says this team has weathered the storm through a Big Ten schedule that has so many elite teams, so many good teams. And you saw it. Um, Michigan State was at the top of the national rankings and came back. Ohio State made their threat. Michigan made their threat. And all of those teams fell back. And the reason why is the rest of the conference is so good. You don't go into Purdue like Penn State did and beat them. That doesn't happen very often. Those are the things that Penn, this Penn State team has done that I says make makes them legitimate. So come Big Ten championship time, the tournament, they have as good a shot as anybody. And when you go to the uh, NCAA tournament, 
yeah, they're talking about they're slowly making their way up in those projections. I think right now the most recent ones I saw, they were projected as a number four seed. But depending on how this season it could, fixes, it should change down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, it could be a three seed. And once you reach like a three seed, you're in pretty good position to make it out of the first weekend. Yeah. And, boy, I mean, everybody's just trying to wrap their head around the idea now of that happening. But I also think, and I brought this up with Jeff, is that, you know, the the point of of saying, you know, this is the same old Penn State team, they can go out, I think, and lay an egg at some point if that's what happens. They're so hot right now, though. It's hard. It's hard to foresee that. But I mean, I, I, it's possible. And but you and still maintain a belief that the, that this is a team that's equipped to make a run. And it's for that reason. It's 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 definitely it's a little backwards. And by the way, to do what the last couple games without Myron Jones too, to remove one of those shooters from the equ- equation and still knock down eleven threes against Northwestern it just proves I think that their formula can be different from one game to the next and it is not it's not a traditional thing to have two of probably your better players coming off the bench but you're you know Pat Chambers uh, uh, has afforded himself the opportunity I think to see let's let's see what John Heron well let's see what Seth Lundy can do we can have a quick hook you know, and, and turn to these guys, you know, early in the game, or if, if they're finding their way and they're making contributions, we can kind of distribute the minutes accordingly. He's got a good situation in that fact. And if, if that starting unit can, can make an early run, then now suddenly you've got reserves who can, who can do all kinds of things. It's a pretty fun situation. And I think, I don't know. I mean, you say that the formula is not conventional and, and maybe it's not a hundred percent, but they've got all the elements. Is the point, yeah. They do, and the depth, when you see, you always count on Lamar Stevens to do what he does. If there's a vulnerability to this team, it's if the bigs get in foul trouble. By that, I mean Lamar Stevens and the two-headed center. And between them, they have 10 fouls to give. And believe me, a lot of games, it looks like they need all 10 of them. But... After that, Penn State goes small in that situation, right? There's no choice. And they have done that before successfully. But what I find interesting, you talk about depth, and here's something. Looking at my box scores for the last two games in front of me, and and here's the other interesting thing that I saw there. Eight deep, eight players played double-digit minutes in both games, and that's without Myron Jones. Correct. This is authentically a nine deep team i don't think there's a lot of teams that are that way and so when you have uh seth lundy and brockington and curtis jones and miles dread you're not going to have all of them have big scoring games but you will have at least one or two of them who are so and it is a different guy so you're not so dependent when miles dread was going through his slump there was always somebody else to pick up that slack. Never were we able to say that about a Penn State team over the last decade or so. And I think if you look back and the criticisms of, of Pat Chambers and saying that, you know, he's not an X's and O's guy and <clears throat> his offense will never be good enough. That's the stuff that you've heard over the, over the years, right? But obviously what it comes down to, he just never had enough horses. He had one or two usually, but never quite like this. And I think any coach can look like an idiot if they don't have the right players. Any coach can look like a genius when they do have the right players. And that's I'm not, I'm not saying it that way to discredit Pat Chambers. I'm kind of doing the opposite that, you know, the criticisms of him 
as you look back on him, hindsight is, is whatever, but it's a little unfair to, to criticize how his offense can go when he, he didn't have a plethora of shooters at any point. No, he didn't. And we did a segment last week where we talked about, or I did, that James Franklin over um, – he exceeded expectations based on the rankings of his recruiting classes. If you want to look, take a look at the history of Penn State's basketball recruiting. They shouldn't be a top-20 team. That the so you also have to credit the development that Pat Chambers has done with these players who were none of them were really that highly ranked. No, and and here we are, Penn State, twenty and five. They're ten and five in the Big Ten. I, I think I'd have to look back and see how many time, how many times they've won ten games uh, in in the Big Ten. We're almost out of time. Real quick, how are they going to finish in the NCAA tournament? How many wins? I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be a Sweet Sixteen team with with the shot for more. I think realistically, you can look at them, especially if they're a three or four seed. I agree. Where they'll be favored in a couple games. So that's it. That's Penn State hoops is the topic of the day. That's it for this edition of the Keystone Kickoff Show. Be sure to join us, KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid ice cross check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt Hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hearty souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Life gets complicated, and it only gets more complicated when things change, which is why AAA insurance agents take the time to talk with you so that they can help you choose the best auto and home coverage. Don't put off getting protected. Let AAA help cover what you care about. Insurance that's not just insurance. Talk to your local AAA insurance agent or visit AAA.com to learn more about AAA. Looking for a great gift for the blue and white fan in your life? Check out 409tailgateclub.com for some great ideas. You can get the tailgate box that includes all their rubs and sauces. Then there's the Bloody Mary gift box, complete with mix, bacon salt, and even pepperoni straws. Go to 409tailgateclub.com and check out their online store. Don't forget to use code KSN on checkout for a discount. That's 409tailgateclub.com and use code KSN.